Good morning. It is Monday, December 5th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, the Environmental Protection Agency released proposed renewable volume obligations for 2023, 24, 25. Bio-based diesel supporters are not happy with the proposal. China has decided to ease COVID restrictions. I think this one gets an again. I think, anyway. Uh, Cyclone Volleyball made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament before getting knocked out. Men's and women basketball are in the top 25 at the same time. And former Cyclone Brock Purdy stepped in under center for the 49ers and helped to beat the Dolphins. Welcome. I am AgriTalk host Chip Flory. That is... Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. And a shout out to two areas where I gave speeches last week, actually one this weekend, Chip. Uh, the FCS uh, Financial Group, it was uh, Young Farmers and Beginning Farmers. And boy, that restored my faith in, in our ag sector. Oh, Some good. very sharp uh um, relatively newer producers, uh, more women than I think I've ever seen at a meeting, by the way. So, yeah, and a lot of signal-to-noise listeners there. And then over the weekend, I spoke at the 100th year anniversary of the Mississippi Farm Bureau. They had a trade show, and they made catfish right on the spot, which I love catfish. And of Amen course, to that. Yeah, and the great Mississippi pork producers also made pork right there, and it was excellent. That's outstanding. <laughs> hey, listen, I had a great weekend. I had our first Christmas celebration of the year. Had our immediate family, which included some some prime rib, some smoked prime rib. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it was an awesome weekend. But that sounds pretty doggone good to me, which, <laughs> which you had. Oh, and I haven't had catfish for a while. And, I mean, it comes out of the grill. I think they told me only four to five minutes it takes, you know, yeah. And I mean, I sat there for a while and talked to them, and I talked to the to the rice uh, uh, growers there, the cotton exhibit. Yeah. It was just just a good time, and a hundred years is something to celebrate for you. Know. Oh, you darn right! Yeah, that's right, that's right. Hey, I I do have to mention. Do you know why it's important that Brock Purdy stepped in and and uh, uh, for the 49ers and and helped to win that game against the Dolphins? What's uh, because because Brock Purdy is the 2022 NFL drafts Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last player picked in the 2022 draft, and he's looking mighty important for the 49ers right now. Never they, give up, right? Never, never give absolutely. up. Absolutely. Just have absolutely. to have that chance. Yep. All right, bud, let's get to it. Uh, we've got, obviously – We've got a lot of ground that we need to cover in today's signal to noise. And I, I do want to start with some of the items from last week. And at the top of the list, I think, from last week is EPA's uh, proposals for the renewable volume obligations under the RFS. Uh, the ethanol, corn-based ethanol side seems uh, encouraged. Uh, by the by, the proposed volume obligations, the bio-based diesel groups not so much. You know, it's a lot like the uh, Federal Reserve comments on interest rates when Powell spoke last uh, week, Chip. Uh, 
the Bears thought he would be more hawkish, and he wasn't. And I think that's what happened to the EPA RFS announcement, the advanced biofuels of which renewable diesel is a big part of. They must have had much larger expectations because uh, looking at the 23 uh, versus the previous year, it, it, it's uh, the proposal is up 3.4%, uh, the mm-hmm. next year up 13.7%, and the following year up 12.2%. On the surface, those those are nice increases, but they wanted more because of the uh, significant expansion that you've talked about uh, in uh, AgriTalk over the past year or so of yeah. <clears throat> soybean oil processing you know, facilities, either expanded are new facilities and EPA kind of uh, their commentary. They said uh, as of February, the uh, uh, renewable diesel capacity was 1.5 uh, billion gallons, but they yeah. had more up to date information from the same source that they cited the EIA of a 2.0 billion gallon capacity. So I'm curious as to why they didn't use the most up-to-date information. Yeah. Kirk Kavorik from the Clean Fuels Alliance is going to be on AgriTalk this morning. So we'll get Kurt's take on, on why that might be uh, the case going forward. Here's the, here's the deal, Jim. Uh, a lot of the reaction that I'm seeing from the biodiesel side makes me think that, that the mandate is still viewed as a ceiling rather than a floor of, of use. Uh, there is no reason to assume, again, my opinion, that the investment in the biodiesel, or excuse me, in the renewable diesel and the sustainable aviation fuel markets is, is not going to continue just because of these RVOs. The, the decision and the investment has has already been made when it comes to renewable diesel and, and SAF. I, I I just don't think that this is going to be anything that will slow it down. I agree with you there. However, EPA took almost every opportunity to say, well, a number of these facilities won't be followed through because of lack of procurement. So I, I think that they went out of their way to, to, to lower expectations, Jeff. I don't know whether this has anything relative to their call for public comment on food versus fuel relative to biofuels. But I, I think really the market should be looking outside of EPA and toward like the California standards and a number of other states yeah. following California. That's point one and two. You mentioned it's the sustainable aviation fuel. As this carbon credit continues to mature, the airlines are going to need those credit offsets. And that's where uh, sustainable aviation fuel will really kick off. Not right away. But uh, it it won't be long before that that kicks in. Okay. Now, some of the concern that I got from longtime supporters of the RFS, I mean, these people were in key positions when the RFS was being written in 2005-2007. Their concern is that the way that it is set up now with the cellulosic, you mentioned the cellulosic ethanol requirements in there, that really what, what is happening is the, 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 the credit support 
for corn-based ethanol is getting thinned out because there will be other credits available from other there's a lot of players in the in the market now Jim yeah. way more than what there was in 2007 and with all these new players taking advanced credits or RINs that's a multiplier effect and it thins out the market then for the corn-based ethanol Yes. yes, no. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And it it answers the at least from those users who were complaining about either a shortage of RINs or RINs uh, prices were too high. So yeah. I think th meandering through the hundreds of pages sure. of these proposals, uh I think that they're kind of masking some some of the reasons why they want to put okay. a governor on RIN prices. Okay. E RINs. E um, yes, this just it, it's uh, what a convoluted, complex effort that this is going to be to try to track the who. Well, it, it says the equipment manufacturer is going to be eligible for to receive the RIN. Uh, but but tracking renewable natural gas production that is used to make electricity that eventually makes its way into the battery of an EV vehicle to go up and down the road before it can qualify for the RIN? Yeah. It's th they're deferring. Remember when former USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue early on, now he became educated when he said, you know, he just didn't understand the RIN markets. Well, th yeah. this is amplified now. <laughs> this is amplified now with e-rins. Uh, now, yes. I've had a number of emails from traders, analysts, uh, company people. Uh, can this be changed? Because, you know, these are proposals yeah. and, and they have yeah. until way later in the summer. The public comment period ends February 10th. I can almost guarantee you that that's going to be extended at least right. another month. So right. there is time, although history shows, Chip, and I wrote about it this morning on Pro Farmer, EPA doesn't usually vary, if if all that much, from its initial proposals. But there is a chance. But here. these are so different. The, the I mean, they're 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 stretching, they're stretching on on these proposals. I think there's a greater opportunity to have an influence to change the proposals than than what there normally is on the RVOs. I agree, and especially looking at EPA's uh, justification for their decisions on yeah. the uh, renewable diesel capacity. They're already out of date. So yeah. I think that they can be convinced. And Valero, some people are telling me their facility has been accelerated by at least six months. So I've got to look into that to see that that could be even more additional capacity. But EPA kind of doused uh, the, 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 the capacity indication. Yeah. And I just think they're flat out wrong. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, EPA has set February 10 as the comment deadline. There is a hearing on the RFS proposals on January 10th um, and has pledged to finalize the final rule by June 14th of 2023. So the, the timeline is, is already starting to tick. Uh, real quick, it, it, Find your comments tab on your screen. You can click on that and be part of the conversation if you've got any questions or, or have any comments for us. We've got several that have, have chimed in. We'll get to that question from 
Gary here before too long, Jim, just so that you know. Year-round availability of E15, uh, that was another hot topic last week. It, there's, there's opportunity and, in my mind, some concerns about year-round availability of E15, but it seems to have prog uh, it seems to have momentum, doesn't it? Well, now you've got the API and some others also in support of it. So, I mm -hmm. mean, why not do it, Chip? I mean, so this could be a um, uh, an add-on to the omnibus spending bill between now and the end of the year. So I, yeah. I'm I'm looking I'm looking to that to see if it if it has some progress so, up on Capitol Hill. So the the American Petroleum Institute, as you just said, has signed on on this and said, "Yep, this is something that we can support." So you have to ask the question, why? Why you know? And I've had some. Well, it's the right thing to do. Um, no, you got to follow the money on it, right? To figure out why they want to do what they, it, it, why they would support it. Remember that when E10 first came on the market, at the pump it was 89 octane. Yes. Okay. And then, because the minimum octane standard at the pump was 87 octane, uh, what the refiners decided to do was lower the grade of their blend stock, spike it with 10% ethanol, which is always 113 octane, spike it with that 10% ethanol to get it to 87 octane. So it went from 89 octane to 87 octane. E15 is now on the market at 88 octane so it's a selling point it's a higher octane product at a lower price how long is it until we see an 87 octane e15 at the pump yeah well i i'll just answer it this way api is led now by mike summers i know mike summers and he knows okay. agriculture by the way that's where he was the ag person at the white house before oh yeah and, and i think that helped right. bring a little more balance to APA on this one. And they see that a, uh, although it looks like strange bedfellows, uh, there's win-wins in this relative to both refiners and, uh, and, and the biofuels okay. industry. And I think he's brought the industry along. So, uh, so I, I think the odds now slightly favor this being part of the omnibus budget bill. And if, if that's the case, then okay. we've got another check mark for the yeah. possible growth of, uh, you know, biofuels. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I mentioned it at the start of the show, but China has decided to again, re ease its COVID restrictions. Well, you know, I, I had a line in my morning report that, you know, when the Chinese was it was were watching the world soccer matches, they saw all these people. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean that they're thinking themselves, what what about us? Yeah. Everybody around the world is gathering and watching sports events, and we can't even leave our abode. Right. So I think, and plus, then you've got the. Uh, Apple, of which the iPhone now is extending their wait times because of the tremendous uh, leverage China had on the production of iPhones. So uh, Apple is accelerating plans to move a lot of their production facilities to Vietnam and India. So there's uh, Xi and others in China are seeing the economic potential of this really, really increasing. So yes, it is a continuation of the uh, you know, COVID adjustments, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, they, yeah, you know, they're, they're changing and there's no going back 
once yeah. once they you know open up now. Oh no, no. <laughs> a COVID no. shift. As you said, the the World Cup has proven that and yes. once once it opens up, there is there is no going back. Uh, Jim, developments over the over the weekend. Real quick comment from Russell. Uh, Richardson, I think this is very good. E15 has an identification issue. Some stations call it E15, some unleaded 88. And I've seen some other names. Can we get behind a universal label? I think usage would increase if that happened. Very good. Very good. Consistency is always a plus. I agree with you, Russell. Yep. Yep. Really good. And we'll get to you yet, Gary. Over the weekend, Jim, a lot of it has to do with uh, with oil supplies, whether it be from Russia or from OPEC, as far as the developments that I saw and some some restrictions on on imports of Russian oil into some key areas. Yeah, initially it's it had at least I haven't looked, you know, last half hour. It's had uh, both uh, WTI U.S. crude and Brent crude international crude higher. Uh, what we're, this is a ongoing thing that a, a number of analysts told me, Chip, over the weekend that they think Russia uh, will have maneuvers to skirt some of the negative impacts on, on their operation. Plus, Russia says they won't sell any oil to nations who, who uh, subscribe to this plan. So I think we're just, uh, you have to wait to see the... Uh, uh, um, market implications. Ukraine's president has already said they didn't set the level. It's, you know, $60 a barrel with some adjustments every so many months. Uh, uh, They didn't set it right. So you've got some discord about this plan uh, already. Okay. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, right? Well, whenever time you try to control a market, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The other one is it looks like... uh, President Biden is ready to start replacing the SPR supplies. Yes, and th- that was interesting last week. That uh, he they're getting more uh, negative comments that they than they thought. Uh, so yeah, I I think that's a uh, one that he wants to get for the future. He he doesn't want to to have us vulnerable to have those stocks very low. They're at the lowest level in many many years. Right. Okay. And pl- by the way, their polling of the uh, SPR, uh, you know, uh, uh, gallonage, they count that as U.S. production of oil. By the way, which I think masks the true situation of the 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 U.S. oil production. So I think that's an unfair unfair thing to do. Well, that's it's already been counted once as production. Yes, I'm sure when it went into the SPR. Yeah, well, it's the ways of Washington. Mm-hmm. Noise, noise. Very. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, so Congress is in session this week. They've got a long list of things that they need to get done. Let's start with the fiscal year 23 funding. What's the status there? They're actually talking now, both political parties, where they hadn't been before. They got to come up with the total number first. And you've got uh, more than a few conservative Republicans are saying, here we go again. You've got the Wall Street Journal saying that as well. But, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, want favors an omnibus spending bill because he just wants it done. Jim. Mm-hmm. And I think the Democrats do, too, because the Republicans will control the House. 
uh, in the next Congress next year. So bottom line, I think the odds clearly favor a huge omnibus spending bill. What that level is remains to be seen, but it's the typical battle between defense spending for the Republicans and some social spending you know, uh, on, on the Democratic side. But as I said before, watch your add-ons. In particular, agriculture is really watching and promoting an extension of the Emergency Relief Program, ERP, formerly WIP+. Plus. Uh, and I think that they're going to get it with maybe some changes for 2022 uh, eligible crops and livestock relative to being more farmer friendly, especially the way USDA was going to operate uh, phase two of the ERP yeah. for 20 and 21, because it got into tax issues. Yeah. Wherever I go in my speeches now, a number of farmers will come up to me and say, say why does my FSA office want to see all my tax information? And right. that has hit home with a lot of producers. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we we talked with Paul Neifer about it last week, uh, he thinks that he you can't call it a non-starter because they did try to start it. Yeah, but they're going to have to pull that process back. There's no way that that's going to go forward. Yeah, it was about to be announced, Chip, and they pulled it back because I was in a meeting in which a USDA official did not give. Uh, details, but she said it was about to be announced. So it, the press release was written, and they pulled it back because they heard from Senator Hoven and and uh, other other senators and representatives, because both political parties, that they were getting heat. Don't you do yeah. it this way? Yeah, yeah. Senator Bozeman was in on some of that as well. Yes. We're going to have him on the show tomorrow, Jim. He, he will be on AgriTalk. Good. Ask him what they're going to do for the beleaguered rice producer relative okay. to the, both the farm bill and uh, and uh, their continue. I'm going to be at the rice uh, USA Rice Federation uh, this Friday giving a speech. It's been, I think I've done it 12 years in a row, and they're forlorn right now, even though they've had a recent uptick in prices, but they were really hit by the fertilizer chip, and their acres are going down, yeah. and the industry is concerned about that. Yeah. As, as yeah. well they should. Okay. Um, let's see. We talked about the E15. Oh, the WERDA, the uh, measure, the Water Resource Development Act. What's the status here? Well, it is the... the the administration and all, both political parties know that that gets a lot of votes, you know, because they know the value of our water system, okay, which makes, uh, that continues to make U.S. agriculture competitive. Uh, they're attaching the National Defense Authorization, which is very important to put on, and that'll be attached this week. So uh, that, that tells you the importance. It isn't a question whether WARDA's going to pass now that the uh, you know defense authorization is is on there. Now we got to look at the details because that there's there's it's important on some of the percentage of the funding chip relative to our waterway system, and I don't want to get too wonky on you, but the, the Senate bill showed a, a, some more percentage increases that would be maintained for the water system. So I, I want to see the final uh, language because they worked it out last week between the House and the Senate. Okay. All right. Um, what's this an electoral count act will clear Congress? Well, you saw the uh, repercussions when uh, Trump uh, 
and some of uh, his his uh, colleagues tried to uh, change the process of the electoral voting after after the election that he lost in 2020. Uh, this one is supported by both uh, Democrats and Republicans to make it clear that you really can't alter it, Jeff. Okay. So I think that's going to be clear. And it'll pass. It'll pass. Okay. Uh, looks like there is some legislation, H.R. 3648, that is on the agenda for this week that is going to address some green card issues. Uh, yeah, that gets into the sensitive area. Yep. Now, in my current speeches, I'm saying, look, next year, most people are saying, oh, they'll be gridlocked because you've got the Republicans controlling the House and the Democrats controlling the Senate. I'm not quite so sure. I think both political parties are at least, and we'll know within the first six months of 2023, whether or not I'm right. I think that they're going to get the the, the centrist and others in both political parties, uh, as opposed to the extremes of both political parties, the far right in the Republican Party and the far left in, in the Democrats, in order to get anything done. One of the things that could happen, that most people tell me it won't happen, which gives me comfort that it may, uh, <laughs> is immigration reform. Yeah. The Republicans need border security. Now the Democrats are starting to come around with the White House. So if they can get uh, border security, then the uh, Democrats can get immigration reform, such as uh, uh, the green card, uh, the DACA people, uh, et cetera. So I think that there's that's give and take. And that, that's where you historically, that's was what was done in Congress. And we lost that where both political parties want everything right. they want. If they don't get it, then they vote no. So we could see a possible change for the better. All right. Uh, outside of the spending bill, we've also got the debt issue to consider. Uh, what's the status there? We won't really hit it till the second half of next year. Uh, so that means that you, you, any talk that you hear that they're going to uh, change, either increase the debt limit or suspend it uh, is just noise. It's not going to okay. happen this year. Now, the, the although the Democrats wanted to put it in as part of the lame duck session of Congress we're in, the Republicans think that they're, they're going to have more leverage next year when they control the House. So that's a battle to be held later on, Chip. But our $31 trillion debt, we can no longer grow our way out of that because right. something's going to have to be done. And But right. the debt limit's going to have to be. It's money already spent. So mm -hmm. the, the argument is, come on. And eventually it's always either suspended the debt limit or increased. We have to take these paths to get there. Right. Okay. Um, rapid fire on a couple of issues that are also going sure. to be taken up this week more funding for ukraine uh yeah but the republicans are saying they don't support a blank check anymore they want a little yeah. more questions of how this money is being used both militarily and and aid so uh that's a question mark chip of uh, on the uh on the details all right energy permitting uh Sometimes centrist Joe Manchin is uh, probably going to not be happy. I don't see that. Uh, remember, he signed off on this uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act yep. bill after getting a promise that, that, that they would take up his permitting bill. Uh, he's not going to get it. Okay. 
Looks, uh, there is a Senate Ag Committee Farm Bill hearing on this uh, on the agenda for tomorrow. Ag agricultural research, and I've got a chart on Pro Farmer today from the USDA Economic Research Service that shows over the last few years uh, both China and the European Union spending more for public ag research than the United States is. That has to change because research, both at the public and the private level, it continues at the private level, but yep. at the public level, we're going down. And that is a negative sign, Chip, because research has been one of our competitive advantages over the decades. Okay. Potentially at the top of the list of things to watch for the week ahead, we've got the runoff race down in Georgia. Yeah, uh, Herschel, most of the polls show that uh, Warnock, uh, the Democratic incumbent, is ahead anywhere from one to three percentage points. Um, Herschel Walker got a uh, little over 200,000 fewer votes than the governor did, the Republican governor. Uh, so that tells you he's got some problems uh, with independents and even within some Republicans who split the ticket. So uh, I, I, I'm not saying he can't win, but uh, he they're going to have to really, get, you know, get, you, you'll get out the vote. And, and you notice that President Trump has not been down there physically. Right. And right. I think he was told and yeah. he actually listened. He was told not, not to personally campaign. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the and and this vote matters. We we know that the that the Senate already has or that the Democrats already have control of the Senate, but this vote matters because right now on the committees it's split power. Yes. At a at a 50-50. If it goes 51-49, then it's the Democrats calling 100% of the shots on what gets taken up, correct? Uh, absolutely. And yeah. voted within the committee uh, for yeah. personnel nominations in the committee, uh, all that. Yes, it is It is very important. Yes, not as important as if on control of the chamber. Oh, no. But, in, but important nonetheless. A oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. From Gary Rasmussen. Uh, Jim. What's your take on Elon's document dump on Twitter's censorship? Will it go anywhere in D.C.? And I don't know about this. I'm going to have to figure out exactly what this one is. But James Wood's lawsuit is intriguing, by the way. It could have some merit. I'd have to look into that. But I will tell you the dump and the leaks that Elon gave relative to the uh, discussions that Twitter had relative to uh, uh, Biden's son. Uh is really shows you the bias that mm -hmm. Twitter uh, before Elon Musk bought them uh, unfolded. And it's a horrible day for journalism yeah. uh, that, 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 that what we're seeing and hearing uh, we suspected it, uh, but now this is proof. And so I, I applaud Elon from yeah. trying to get as much truth into our system as possible. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at it, at it all, of course, but just skimming some of what has been released and some of the emails that were shared between Twitter censors and some of some of those in the Democrat Party and some of the conflicted states. Arizona is the one that I'm thinking of right off the bat. It just looks like it, it, it looks like clear-cut uh, censorship in favor of 
Democrats over Republicans in that Arizona 2020 Arizona yeah. vote. It's it, just, it just a sad does. day. It's a sad yeah. testimony to the system. And uh, you notice CBS News just recently, I think it was last week, finally came out and said that uh, that uh, laptop on, on Biden's uh, mm -hmm. son was legit. They yeah. knew what was going to come out relative to the yeah. uh, freedom, uh, you know, messages uh, now that Elon Musk owns them. So it's just I, I think the word is disgusting uh, on uh, our fourth estate. Jim, you have a great week, all right? Sure. All sure. right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget today on AgriTalk, Machinery Pete and Kirk Kavarik from Clean Fuels Alliance. And this afternoon on AgriTalk, we're going to be talking cotton with Darren Hudson from Texas Tech. Have a great week. Keep watching for those signals. Mm -hmm.